This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. There's a definite magic in attending a live performance. I was recently a guest of the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra, and for me there's always a twinge of excitement as I enter the theatre, a feeling of anticipation as the orchestra takes their place. Then there's a moment of silence as the conductor readies the musicians, raises his baton, and the music begins. But I've often wondered what it is like to be at the head of a large orchestra and what goes into perform- preparing for a performance like this. Well, I'm delighted to have in studio with me the acclaimed maestro Daniel Boyko. Daniel was born in Israel into a musical family. Today he's the music director and chief conductor, designate of the Budapest Symphony Orchestra, the MAV. I'm not sure if that's MAV or MAV. Um, but he is currently in South Africa as the guest of the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra and will be conducting this Saturday night at the Linda Auditorium. Daniel, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Sharice. Daniel, what, what is it like when you walk out onto the stage? What, what has gone, what are the steps before that moment? Before that moment, um, there's a lot of studying involved. There's a lot of preparation involved that I do alone uh, with my scores, with my thoughts, even if the pieces are pieces that I've done before, I will revisit them. Do you decide on the pieces? Um, most of the time, no. So somebody will say, we would like to play X. Right. Right. And then you get... With, with uh, next season... In Budapest, I do decide on my concerts, which is uh, a lot of fun because I get to introduce pieces to the audience they might not know, but I know will be super exciting for them to discover. So that's also a wonderful process. But before going on on stage, um, I will do all kinds of studying, all kinds of thinking. And of course... Um, then there are the rehearsals. Wait, let, just before we go to the rehearsals, yeah. just uh, I'm so before intrigued. The rehearsals. Yes, yeah. even before the rehearsals, you've got your score. Yes. You've got your score of all your instruments. Yes. You can make sense of all of that. You, the instruments are decided already. You know they have to be X amount of this and That's right. Y amount That's of that. Right. The the score is um, a vertical representation of all the parts or I should say all the voices, all the instruments uh, that are printed horizontally on top of each other um, and uh, you are looking at a full orchestra. Um, the musicians themselves see only their part on their stand. Um, so I basically need to know everything that they're doing at all times. And this is why it takes a lot of studying, because it's a lot of information to <laughs> take in. Um, but with the years, it becomes easier and easier to look at a score and hear it in one's head. Um, and um, uh, sort of visualize how things will go on stage. I also see the whole orchestra in front of me in my mind. Uh, as I go through the score and hear it in my head, I also see myself conducting it and looking at uh, specific uh, people. If I know the people in that particular orchestra, I can see myself looking at them. Um, so it's a whole process of really choreographing in a way um, what will happen with that particular piece of music. Right. So you've got your idea in your mind. Yeah. 
you then get an existing orchestra to work with, as you would say for the Johannesburg Philharmonic? Yes. And uh, we've been together for many, many years. So you know? I already know exactly what will happen and how it will happen. And I know uh, so many people in the orchestra over the years and we've evolved together. Uh, so I can, I can already predict, uh, what spots will go smoothly, what spots will need to get some organizing going because of space relations, because of acoustic relations, because of whatever, uh, particular moments in the piece, um, would give us trouble. Um, so it's a lot of fun to, to, uh, Let's bring the rehearsal. So let's take this example. For example, on Saturday night at yeah. the uh, Linda Auditorium, the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra will be um, doing, uh, you'll be conducting Beethoven's Concerto Number no. 5 and Tchaikovsky's Symphony Number no. 2. So you know that before you come. You When do the uh, rehearsal start? And what is that next step? So rehearsals began already on Monday night. We Is that all? Well, yeah. Wow. Well, rehearsal period around the world is quite short. I had imagined six months of, uh. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> six in, days. In the professional, in the professional world, uh, it's anywhere between two and I'd say four rehearsals to prepare a concert. And a concert mm. means usually, uh, an overture of some sort, an opener, a short one, plus a concerto with a soloist. And then on the second half, it's usually a symphony. So you're looking at three pieces, and those three pieces get rehearsed over a period of two to four rehearsals. We had um, officially two rehearsals, one on Monday night and one on Tuesday morning. Uh, which uh, extended into the afternoon. They're long rehearsals. Monday was four hours, Tuesday was five hours with breaks. And then we have the dress rehearsal on, on uh, Wednesday morning. And our first concert was Wednesday night. Second concert was Thursday night. So um, that is the usual process. It's usually a very short week. It's not even a week. So you talk about professional then, professional orchestras. So obviously the, the people know what they need to do. They're all... Yes. Experts and professionals and... And they prepare. And they, and they prepare themselves. And they prepare. They practice the parts before they show up because they know that the rehearsal period is short. And there's no way to discover that amount of music. Even if the concert is short, like this one, well, it's not so short, but there's two pieces instead of three. Right. So we had the luxury to actually spend a little more time on, on the symphony than we usually would if we had an opener to think about as well. But all the musicians who play in the orchestra are super professional, and they've been doing this for years, um, but they still all prepare. They will all look at the music ahead of time, even if they know it, yes. just to get it back into their heads and their fingers. Um, and then they come basically ready. You know, uh, if we had to, we, we could probably do a concert right away, you know. Um, but... Um, it's nice that we have a couple days of rehearsals to put it together. So your first rehearsal, you said, was Monday morning. You arrive, yeah. sorry, Monday evening. Yeah. You arrive there. You nervous? Maybe you excited? Not anymore. I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm not nervous. Uh, I'm very excited, especially if it's music that I love, like the Beethoven and the Tchaikovsky. This is, it's uh, some of my favorite uh, composers. And the f my favorite works, it's, it's what I call my music. 
And when I get to do that, that's very exciting. I already have super specific ideas of how I want everything to be, and the rehearsing goes fast because um, I, I'm, I'm out to – I have a goal. I, right. I need to achieve things, and uh, the musicians are wonderful and flexible, and we get to do that. So you would start – everybody has their piece. You would be the one conducting. What would happen if you weren't there? If I wasn't there um, – the problem with romantic music, for instance, which Tchaikovsky is, is that it's a little more complicated. Um, uh, people don't, uh, musicians in the orchestra, they don't play the same thing at the same time. There's a lot of what we call counterpoint. Some, some people play this kind of a line. Some people play that kind of a line, different rhythms, different this, different that. Um, you need someone to organize that. Um, it's, it's just a, a large body of people and not everyone thinks the same not everyone breathes the same or has the same uh, rhythm the same pulse inside their bodies and you just need someone to direct all of that to to make sense of all of it if it was something baroque for instance that would not necessarily need a conductor because it's technically easier uh, to organize the rhythms are simpler um, the um, uh, the, the writing is simpler, etc. Uh, so most of the time you have in, in smaller Baroque ensembles, you have, let's say, the uh, first violinist direct the group or someone playing the harpsichord will direct the group. So you still have sort of a conductor, but not what today is needed for the larger works. How many um, instruments do you have? How many performers, players do you have on your course? Oh. I, I didn't think about it. I'm sure it's it's above 60. Wow. Because I think there are 12 firsts in this concert. Um, so 12 firsts and 10 seconds and 8 violas and <coughs> 6 cellos. And I think we have 4 basses. Plus you have all the woodwinds, uh, all the brass, the percussion. Uh, quite, a, quite a bit of people, yeah. All squished on the stage. Okay, so you go, you do your first rehearsal. You know you've already got what you want. You bring something new, basically, as a conductor. I hope. You, it's your vision, your interpretation yes. of that piece. Because it's written on paper. Yes. You could read it. You could play it literally off the page, and it will be fine. Yeah. No problem. The composer knew what they were doing and what they were writing and for whom and how, etc. Um, as musicians, I think... Since we are individual musicians and have something to say about how to interpret that music, yes, we, we try to bring something new to that. Um, me, in, in the way the music moves, whether it's slower or faster, whether it has direction or whether it slows down, or the, the level of dynamics, how loud, how soft, things like that, how phrasing will be, uh, how we're going to treat certain notes in a phrase, uh, where the culmination of the phrase will be. And the musicians themselves from the orchestra also offer their ideas. They also play expressively with their ideas. And sometimes we agree Sometimes we don't agree, and we change things around. Uh, and but most of the time, it's the wonderful thing is that we are all musicians, and and we have something to say. And that is what is so intriguing and interesting and exciting about it for us, and hopefully also for the audience. So you've had your first two practices. You feeling confident? They feeling confident? 
you're now on the stage. You've just walked out. You can feel the excitement. The excitement. It's always there, and it's always different. The adrenaline is high. Uh, everybody is looking at you. Everyone has expectations for a good concert. Everyone um, um, wants to do well. And then the concert happens, and at least in my world, it's never, ever like any of the rehearsals. Mm -hmm. It's always a little bit different. It's always, depending on your level of excitement, of adrenaline, of awareness, of acoustic, how things sound that particular moment because now we have 2,000 people behind us uh, breathing into the hall. Um, everything makes it different. Um, the general scope of the piece that we rehearsed is the same. But there are details that are constantly shifting, and I think that is exciting for us as well. We, we are breathing fresh new life into the piece once again, even after all the rehearsing. And for me, that, that is why I go out on stage. Your concentration must be immense. You yeah. cannot, you know, you, 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 whatever, give me a, a musical instrument, you can slack off flute. your flute. <laughs> you can slack off. For a little bit. Yes, but you Your know, violin can maybe slack off for I a little think, bit. I think we, we all agree as musicians that we are not robots. We are human beings. And things might, you know, our fingers might not work one way or another. You know, I might look in a different direction than to whom I'm supposed to be looking at. Um, a, a cell phone will all of a sudden ring mm. in, in the most... Uh, In moment. sublime <laughs> moment and you'd think ruin everything but it doesn't it doesn't we hear it mm. we're not completely disassociated from what is happening uh, in the audience we hear everything that is happening but our concentration on what we need to do is so high and um, you know as musicians we have to think about 17 different things mm. at, at any one moment so we 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 have a list of priorities i think in our minds that we adhere to and uh, whatever happens you know the little flaws that are here and there do not interrupt uh, a great performance in terms of you bringing everybody together you know you, you see some of the instruments know their time is coming and you can see that they're starting but you may not give them a signal a second before they're actually ready to do so. Well, I, I'm probably one of those who gives a lot of cues. Okay. We call them cues. Okay, because we can't see your face necessarily. That's right. Depending that, where you're sitting on. That's right. And I, you know, I can use my right hand, I can use my left hand, and I can use my body, I can use my eyes, I can use my head, I can use my torso. <laughs> all, all of those can signal a cue to a particular section or uh, a single musician in the orchestra. And yet there are moments where those cues are not needed because we're already in, in some kind of an inertia, some kind of a, we're in a flow that does not require a cue, does not require a, 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 an extra signal to, to have them come in because they know they're going to. And a, a simple glance, mm. a simple move of the <laughs> eyebrow... eyebrow can just uh, signal all of that and um, and especially if it's a orchestra that I know and we've been together for so many years we've done so many concerts together they're used to me and I'm used to them so it's easy that way really easy 
Do you, have you had any flops? I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, look, as, as professional musicians, we, we have done this for so many years. We've trained our bodies and our minds to do this that it becomes almost secondhand, you know. Uh, one performance can be more inspiring than another. One performance can be livelier than another. But flops, no. I don't think so. And um, you said earlier, we, we are human. People get sick last minute. Will one instrument have a detrimental effect on an entire concert? Most of the time, yes. Yes. Yes, because so, the instrumentation is specific. The instrumentation is absolutely specific. If a score calls for three flutes and we only get two, two, that means that we'll probably miss a voice in, in, in the texture of the, of the music. Some works have doubled, uh, instruments, meaning, uh, it's a mass of sound and you can cut it down and it'll still sound the same. But most of the time, an illness would affect a performance for sure. And you are probably told one minute before or? No. No, you we, know in advance. Yeah. So you can... I mean, the times that I was told that someone is sick before a performance, I, I don't even think that's ever that happened, happened to me. So you have committed committed team to work with. Um, Daniel, we've run out of time oh. so quickly. I okay. know. But um, just uh, if anybody would like to see Daniel, he'll be performing, conducting this Saturday evening. And just to remind you, it is the summer season of the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra 2020. If you'd like to book tickets, 011-484-0446 or go onto the JPO um, website. Danielle, I wish you a lot of luck for Saturday night. And thank you thank so much you. for joining me. I um, look forward to having you back again the next time you're in South Africa. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. That was Daniel Boyko.